Good day and welcome to the Waystations Ministries podcast. I'm Greg Spencer with a light for your journey and a good word for the road. It's great to be traveling together and I thank you for coming with me. Let's ride together for a while. Good afternoon, friends. Good evening, friends. Good morning, friends. <laughs> Good night, friends. This is Greg with uh, the Waystations Ministries podcast, and it is a joy once more to be with you. It always is. And I thank you, everybody who's tuning in. It is really terrific. It's a blessing for me, and I hope it's a blessing for you. It must be, otherwise you wouldn't be tuning in. <laughs> well, we're in the midst of the Christmas season, aren't we? It's a big time. And uh, what I want to do is uh, give a little bit of focus to the season. I hope that it will be helpful to you. And uh, maybe you'd find that uh, the story might be a little different than what you expect. You see, what happens today is there's a, an awful lot of cynical people. And I don't blame them. It's been a very difficult uh, circumstance for the last few years. And it seems like we've got nothing but problems. There is a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of, oh, confusion, conflict, emotionalism, judgmentalism. It's a really rough time in our society and probably around the world too. And why is that? Well, I don't know. I think it happens periodically throughout our lives. That's just the way it is. But we don't have to be victimized by it. And what I see now is so many are. So many seem to be overwhelmed by the circumstances. And it seems that this is a time that everybody would like it to be better. And for me, that is a very good thing. For people who to want it to be better means that they're going to be open to the possibilities, to the potential, to the gifts, and to the ways that it can become better. And so we certainly want to hear that. But the cynicism is based upon these stories that we hear around Christmas time. Oh, the story about the jolly old elf. Well, the elves are really, really tiny, but in order for the stories to work, we have to have them great big and fat and carried by real reindeer, not tiny little reindeer. And so we uh, demythologize the stories. And that can happen for the Bible too. We can look at it as a quaint story from long ago and not realize that there is a message in that story for us. And the more we listen to it, the more we can discover in it. And that's one of the most important things. That's one of the greatest gifts that the Bible is. It's a living word. And that means that it is a constantly uh, revealing the message of God to the people of God if they're willing to be open and to listen. And so what I thought it might be cool to do today is to read a little bit of that story and to try to uh, make it real, to give it a little bit of power for our living. So the gospel story actually begins with Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start with chapter 2, which is more about the actual birth of the baby Jesus and the circumstances surrounding it. Beginning with verse 1, the scripture says this, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, who cares about that? Well, anybody who wants to know history and have some idea of when it happened, that's what that verse is all about. The first registration, what is that? That's tax rolls. That's the first time that a census was taken, and they tried to locate everybody, and they wanted to know who they were and where they came from, where they lived, and probably how, uh, how to tax them. That's what's very common in our world even today, isn't it? 
We take a census every 10 years in this country. So what is it? We want to know who we are. We want to know how it's changing. Makes a big difference. So that's what that's all about. Now, all went to their own towns to be registered. Now, imagine the difficulty of that. All persons had to go to their own towns. What's that mean? The towns that they came from, where their birth records would be. So they are all on the road, just like we are at Thanksgiving time. And from what I hear, that's the way it's going to be in the airports and the traffic uh, highways for Christmas, too. Joseph, at that time, also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he descended from the house and family of David. Now, that's King David, the most famous of the kings in the history of Israel, and uh, the most beloved of the kings when uh, the nation was really formed and developed. So we're talking about a descendant of one of the great kings. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. Now imagine that hardship of that journey, how long it would take, how difficult it would be, how much money it would cost, all because they had to get their names registered in some book somewhere. He went, um, while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave the first birth to the firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Well, in a very small town, and all the descendants from the history of people that were born and lived in that town, of course there wasn't going to be any room in a hotel or anywhere else for that matter. But this is the first of the shocking parts of this story. When we think about the Son of God, it's hard for us to imagine him coming in such humble circumstances. It's hard for us to believe um, that those circumstances uh, are appropriate or right or that even God ordained. That doesn't make sense. Why would you bring the Son of God into the world like that? Now, here's another one. In that region, there were shepherds, and they were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news, great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Well, what's up with that? No one would expect that the agents or or angels of God would go out to talk to shepherds out in the field someplace. That's not where you expect the announcement to be made. That's not where you expect, if you were a shepherd, for anybody to pay any attention or to regard or to respect you. You feel like you're doing your job, you've got your career, you're doing the best you can, and it seems to be going pretty well, but you sure don't expect to be famous. You don't expect to be uh, given some kind of attention from God. Who are you after all? And that's part of the story. That's part of the shock, too, that the persons who don't expect it are very often the ones who get the message from God. It's the exact opposite of what human beings think and expect. Now, are you starting to get a theme here? We sometimes think in terms of what we expect or what we'd like to see or how we'd like to see it. And therefore, we miss an awful lot of what God is doing because God doesn't follow our rules. In fact, he calls us to follow his rules or her rules. God calls us to be faithful. And that means to be open and to be trusting 
and to look for the signs and to recognize them and to celebrate them. So the shepherds get this message from an angel, and who knows if they would listen to or believe the angel, but then there's a whole heavenly host that goes and they sing and they praise God. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard an angel choir. I haven't. I imagine it. I've heard choirs that I think are like angels. I've heard great and wondrous music, but I have never heard an angel that I know of. The angels sang, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Well, I certainly think the shepherds would realize that they were being favored, and it wasn't peace but a song, a heavenly chorus, and the glory of God. Now, what's the glory of God? It's shown around them, but does that mean as bright as day? Well, that would scare a lot of people, wouldn't it? Maybe the glory is something a little bit different. Maybe it's the recognition of being blessed. Maybe it's the humble joy that comes from realizing that you're being treated very specially. It is a wonderful thing that we feel from time to time, sometimes when we are healed from a disease or from an injury, sometimes from the embrace of friends or the encouragement of friends when we're going through hard times. These times of holiday when we gather together to be with family, because no matter how hard our lives might be or how much struggle we have to go through, it is so good to be people who have your best interests at heart and are happy to share and welcome us. They give us a hug. They offer their advice and counsel. They hear our hurts. And we feel better just being in their presence. Well, maybe that's a little bit more of what the glory of the Lord is. And if it's if so, we find the glory of the Lord around us an awful lot more often than we would recognize or claim, wouldn't we? Well, the shepherds say to themselves, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place that the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. Now, that's a pretty short passage. Can you imagine what it'd be like when everybody's overcrowding the city, the shepherds are going into town and they're trying to find the manger? Well, the one th- advantage the shepherds have is they know where all the mangers and the stalls and, and uh, oh, all the places where they would be. <laughs> they would know where to look. But how many would they be and how long would it take and what would it be like to be looking for a baby? That's not what you'd expect to find in a manger, is it? But that's the sign. Now, maybe the sign wasn't the actual thing in their eyes when they're looking. But as soon as they saw it, as soon as they saw the child, they made known what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Why? Because the shepherds don't talk that much, and people don't know them that well. And they wouldn't be that open. They live out in the fields. They live with the sheep, and they have to ward off and have deal with the danger and find the lost ones and take care of them. They're not talking to people very much. And so they'd be careful about their words or reserved. They wouldn't necessarily be broadcasting everything they hear or think. So for them to tell the story, and a story as fantastic as being surrounded by glory and meeting angels, that's just hard to imagine, isn't it? Well, maybe it isn't so hard to imagine. When something wonderful happens in our lives, we love to tell people, don't we? It doesn't matter how quiet we are or even how boisterous we are. We like to tell the story of wonderful things that happen. And we love to hear the stories of wonderful things happening because we want wonderful things to happen. We want there to be peace. We want there to be love. We want there to be joy. So, of course, we want to hear this story, and we want to tell others the story. Who ever heard of a joke that wasn't shared more than once? 
<laughs> we like to hear the jokes and some of them are so good. We tell them over and over again. Well, this is what happened. The people were amazed to hear the shepherds tell the story. We might be amazed at people we don't expect offering us words of encouragement, of helping us to see blessing that we hadn't recognized before, helping us to see where God is all around us, where just a moment before we couldn't imagine God even near us. We might have even wondered if God exists. Well, Mary treasures all these things and ponders them in her heart. Now, why is that? Because she knew the story. She knew in advance. According to the Bible, she received a word from the angel ahead of time. So when that word is emerging and coming true, she's made thoughtful and reflective, and she's seeing it unfold in her life, and she knows that it's true. And so there's a peace inside her, a peace in spite of the fact that she wasn't married and having a child, a peace in spite of the strange circumstances around which the child is born, and the difficulty of the journey there and the journey back and the strangeness of seeing shepherds come for them, to tell them the story. And then as they leave, not hesitating for a minute to praise the Lord and to give rejoicing to all the things and all the people that they would encounter, showing what they'd heard, what they'd seen, and what they'd encountered in the child. Well, this is the opposite of what we think. And yet, it's exactly what we think. It's the opposite of the ways we think God's going to change things and turn things around. It's the opposite of what we'd like God to do in our circumstances and situations. We'd rather have a dramatic turnabout, a, a zapping, if you will, that, that makes everything better, even like a, more than a Band-Aid. We want to see some powerful things that just reverse everything and make it great. But imagine it like uh, trying to stop the earth. If the earth was suddenly stopped still, everybody would fall off. <laughs> That's not the way God's going to work. Not at all. God works gently and calmly and peacefully. God works in our midst in ways that we're free to deny or to doubt or to not regard or not recognize or not appreciate. But if we can look through it, and if faithful people, thoughtful people, take time to look at what's going on in their lives, they'll see the wonder of it, and they will be blessed in their hearts. And they might be like some who sit back like Mary and ponder what has happened. They've heard those stories lots of times, but this time it's real, and it's something that I feel, and so it's something that I know. And I can believe it, and I can trust it, I can rely on it, and maybe that'll help me to live a little better because I know God is with me now. It's not a question, it's not a doubt, it's not a confusion, it's the real thing. Now that's what we'd like to have happen at Christmas for everyone, and we'd like it to happen every year. And the fact of the matter is, if we celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, or this is a time of celebration around the world, and we gather together with loved ones, and we express our love to one another in varieties of ways. But when we come together, it's to have joy in our lives. It's to remember how joyful our lives can be. It's not to focus on the hardships or the problems, but to focus on the wonder and the gift that life is and the gift that family is and the gift of this world in which we live and how we've made it through another day, another week, another month, another year. There's lots of times that we feel low, lots of times that we wonder if we're going to make it, 
But these times, every year, very consistently, and throughout the year, remind us that we are loved, that God loves us too, that we are still here through all those things and we'll make it through all the rest that is to come. In fact, that's what the promise of eternal life really is. It's a promise that we will make it through everything, even death, so we don't have to be afraid. It changes the way we feel, the way we think, the way we treat one another, and the way we value our lives. That's what Christmas is for. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's what we wish for you, that you might be blessed in such a way that you feel the joy of the Spirit, that you feel the glory of the angels and hear them sing. I don't think it's going to be a couple of the songs that I've heard during this season, <laughs> but, but I do think that we can hear it in the music of the season. We can hear it in all the different versions of it, instrumental and vocal, in all the ways that music touches us. We can hear the voice of God. We can hear the stories, and we can tell of the Christmas's past, the Christmas present, how much we value one another. That's what greeting cards are for, isn't it? We make Christmas happen as much as we hope that it will happen. And it does happen in us, around us, to us, and through us. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a wondrous new year. I thank you for all your support in the past year, and we're looking forward as we go on into 2022. Great things are coming. Good things are coming. They're coming to us, and they're coming through us. And that's the way God is. That's the way God works. And that's what Christmas is all about. So, again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'll look forward to being with you next time. Well, I'd like to thank you for being with us this time and hope that you'll join us again next time, next week, when we get together for a little more time on the road together. May it be good for you all the way through.